Praise the Lord. Welcome to New Life. We're so glad that you can join us today. Um, we have come to praise the Lord. And this morning we're going to talk about fight the good fight of faith. We need to fight the good fight of faith. So New Life is located at 1021 South Sutter Street, if you didn't know that. And we would love to have you join us on Wednesday, this Wednesday at 6 o'clock as we continue our prayer summit. And uh, Bill Cloud will be preaching this Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to hearing him preach. And so um, we hope that you can join us. And then, of course, Sunday, service, Sunday always starts at 9 o'clock for Sunday school, 10 o'clock for church. Anyway, I'm going to be talking about fight the good fight this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 12. Fight the good fight fight is what's on the slide there for you and verse 1 says let us no I'm sorry um, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness he is proud knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, revelings, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men and corrupt minds and destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word this morning. Touch us, Lord. Touch this church, Lord. Help us to reach people that need Jesus. They're all around us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us, Lord, to reach them. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Lord, help me to hide behind the cross and only say the words that you would have me to say today. Lord, we thank you that you will help us to fight the good fight of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So many times people say just fight the good fight and they forget it's supposed to be a faith. You can't really fight the good fight without having faith. Come on. Martin Luther, when I was growing up, used, uh, we were taught that all the time. You can't fight the good fight without having faith. It doesn't work. For faith we are saved. Not of works. Right? Lest any of us could boast. We could just boast in ourselves. Look, I got myself saved. That's what all the false religions do. But we are saved by faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ. And by his grace. By the Father's grace. And trusting in him and by God having mercy upon us. We are saved. And Paul tells us to keep ourselves from error. It's so easy to get caught up in error today. Oh my word. You get on Facebook. Have you been on Facebook lately? Do you love the AI preaching at you? 
Come on. Oh, he has a distinctive voice. He always sounds the same on there, telling you what Jesus said. He just shows up as an old man, white man or old black man. Old man, black man in a turban, looks wise, or this old man. And it starts preaching to you about Jesus. Well, I am not going to get my faith and trust in what AI is going to tell me about Jesus. Come on. Who controls AI? <laughs> it's not God. <laughs> Most of the people who own AI, Google, Facebook, and, uh, and just a couple others. You know who helped develop AI? Elon Musk. You know what terrifies Elon Musk? AI. I, I, I'm still suspect of Elon Musk. You know, he's looking for volunteers to, for people to have a chip put in their brain. He's looking for volunteers right now to have that done. See, he, he, he can come up with these awesome things, but then he's after he comes up with them, he's afraid how are they going to be used. Now, here's the reason why he's wanting to have the chips put in. You know people who can't walk? If I put the chip in there, I can redirect the problem and get them to walk again. He's been successful with that. People who haven't been able to speak, I'm hoping I'm going to help them to be able to speak. There's a lot of things he wants to do that are to help people with his chip. But he also knows that if he doesn't keep control of it, it can be used for evil. By the way, would you really want to have a chip put in your brain? They're already, they're already listening to your phone. Oh, yes, they are. It's not a conspiracy thing. Just have a conversation with somebody about going on a trip. And then you go on Facebook and there's all this stuff about going to Cancun. I just mentioned it. We were thinking of going to Cancun, but we actually want to go to Alaska. But all of a sudden, all you have is on Cancun, and I'm sick and tired of seeing Cancun. I've seen so much of Cancun, I don't want to go now. Right? Have you ever noticed that? And even your, you go to Google, and it'll pop up with stuff. And say, I was only thinking about that. Or if you do go to research something on Google, or you go to Amazon, and you look something up, and, and you're thinking about buying something, hmm, the wife was thinking she wanted to have an air fryer. What's the best air fryer? And, and you just go on there, and you're looking at the air fryers. Oh, that emerald one looks really good. But then you start looking at the reviews. Oh, I might have to send it back because some of them leak. The, the juices will leak because something wasn't put together right on, on the initial ones. So now I have to contact Emerald, and I have to contact the company, and they're just going to make me cut the cord and send the cord back because they don't want a broken machine back, and they'll send me a new one. Oh, oh, but, but you do that research, right? You read all the reviews, and what happens? You go on Facebook. You're not, not even on Facebook. You're over at Amazon, and what do you get? One ad after another for air fryers. You know what happens. This is not a conspiracy thing. This is revenue-driven things. Google is a search engine that's run, that run revenue. Get it? They do ads. And if you really want to research in Google, you have to scroll several pages before you find 
what you're really looking for, the truth. Not somebody's truth, but the truth. To verify what they have on page one. Did you ever do that? Did you ever look? Every time I hear somebody riling against this or riling against that, I always do my own research to see, are they just wanting to rile people up or are they telling me the truth? And I start searching and I look for it. Even with our Sunday school lesson this morning, I had known these things that were in our Sunday school lesson was true because years ago, I think it was 2015, I started doing my own research because somebody was riling people up and I wanted to say, oh, that can't be true. And what I found was worse and made me sick. We have to be careful to keep the truth of God's word in our lives and in, for our kids. That's why we have our school. We don't want our kids to be messed up. <laughs> and because our school is so small right now, I've been doing parents a favor. I, I, I've been hearing parents saying, we've had this going on in the house, and I'm saying it to my own kid. So I've been dealing with lessons, life lessons, to help with that. And so it's helping them because they're smart kids, really smart. And, and once I open up these things and they start singing, because they hear it from us, but they're not listening. They're not listening. But when they get the example of what they're doing, oh my word, it's like, ooh, that's not a good idea. You know how you keep dad happy? Just, just obey him. <laughs> You know how you keep mom from raising her voice? You know how not to get her to raise her voice? When she tells you to go take a shower, what do you do? Go take a shower. <laughs> I see you too. <laughs> oh my word. Uh, mom and dad don't know this, but one of the children had lost their, their cell phone until Christmas. And the other one was having its device being sold. <laughs> I finally got through to him. I said, no, that's not happening. You didn't lose your, your phone till Christmas, and you're not losing your device. But how did that make you feel? Bad. Of course it is. Now think about what you've been doing to your mom and dad. <laughs> the same thing. Oh, I get it now. See, we got to help our children. And see, what they don't get taught in school, in the schools anymore, is how to reason. That's why we're having trouble with our kids. They watch all the TV shows and stuff, and they're taught, they're just spoon-fed. They don't learn how to reason things out. Hmm. It takes them a little longer than what happened with their grandparents. Their grandparents were taught to reason. You know why the SAT scores aren't looked at anymore? That test was to see if you could reason or not. Not if you had knowledge. That was the ACT. Just to see if you could reason or not. And, and these big schools, the reason why they picked the SAT over the ACT is because they wanted people who could reason and think for themselves. Where the ACT was all about, can you regurgitate knowledge? Well, anybody can regurgitate. 
And nobody, how many here like to regurgitate? Nope, nobody here. Okay. You know what regurgitate means, right? My dog was trying to do that at 5.30 this morning. So I got him out of the house. And he was happy that I got him out of the house. He was so glad. Get me out of here so I can do that outside. I don't want to get in trouble for doing it here. Came back so happy, feeling so much better. And then Paul says, <laughs> be careful of those proud, know-nothings. And, and, and where do we find them? All over social media, don't we? So be careful of them. These proud, know-nothings. Oh, man, we had some people. Never mind, I won't go there. I want to get, I'm not even out of point one. <laughs> and then he says, be careful of those who consider godliness for gain. Oh, there's a lot of them. And I could go into several examples of those who use godliness for gain. Gain means money, prosperity. If you do this, God's going to do that. Now, it's true. If you live for God, he will bless your life. But I'm talking about the guy on TV saying, you send me your $20 right now, plant that seed, and God's going to pour out a blessing into your life because you gave me the $20. No, 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 no. You go ahead and plant that seed by giving God the $20, then he's going to bless your life. But if you're going ahead, oh, you gave me the $20? I'm not God. I can't pour out into your life, Right? No, we give God the $20 and you, we trust that the ministry we put that into is going to use it wisely for the kingdom's sake. But because you gave it to God, then he can bless you that with opening up those windows of heaven and pouring out such a blessing, you can't contain it if you're giving it to the Lord. And by giving it to the Lord, there's no strings attached. My word, there's, some, there, there's been money that was given in times past in our church. I can't, couldn't do anything but spend it where it was put. Did you know that? Because it was designated for that. The good news is, is that when we needed to repair the roof on the church, all of a sudden God gave us a 60-mile-an-hour windstorm that took care of getting the insurance to pay for the roof, we were able to turn around and buy the chairs. Then, but how did I deal with that? Well, money was given towards the roof. I came back to the church. I said, okay, the roof is repaired. That's all paid for. We have this money that was supposed to repair the roof. What say you? And the church then redesignated the money, and that's legal. And then we got all these nice chairs. Aren't we glad? Because I, I, I forgot to tell you, because we turned the clocks back last night, I get to preach an hour, extra hour. Aren't you glad you have those comfy seats? <laughs> Godliness with contentment is great gain. Did you know that? Godliness with, see, see, it's not godliness for gain. No, no, it's godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 6. 
of chapter 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. What a blessing contentment. What a blessing that contentment gives. Contentment is a wonderful gift of God, and it brings peace to our lives. Did you know that godliness and contentment go hand in hand? Godliness and contentment goes hand in hand. I am content with what the Lord has blessed us with. That actually makes the verse that God will make everything good to them that love him. You know that verse? You're always quoting it. Oh, he's just going to turn that to good. Right? It is the made to understand that we are content. Paul says, I am content when I have nothing, and I'm content when I have everything. Right? In other words, he's telling us, suck it up. Just be content with what God has given you. So... I want a Mercedes. <laughs> I know exactly who wants the Mercedes. <laughs> hey, I want a Mercedes. And I want the Mercedes van so I can haul everybody around in it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we got to, you know, before we can ever have the Mercedes, we need to be content with our 4x4 Ford. <laughs> this, is a, this is more of a Chevy church than it is a Ford church. <laughs> so, <laughs> But we have to be content with what we have. Oh my word, I would love to have a vehicle I could tow with. Well, my little vibe, my wife's little vibe can't tow. No. Great car. Well, something went out on my wife's car, and we thought, oh, now we can get that vehicle to tow with until we looked at the prices of those vehicles, and we said, there is no way we're doing that. We will be content to fix the little vibe. Because I can afford to fix little vibe. I don't want the payments of a house. Have you seen? Oh, I know somebody has seen the prices of these things, even for a used one. It's ridiculous right now. So... I'm hoping one economist says if the election coming up goes right, not, not tomorrow's election, not this week's election, is there anything to vote for? This? No. So if you've got election day, whatever you're voting for, the next national election, if that goes right, 
then maybe, maybe we will see things turn around. But right now, if you compare our economy today to the 1930s depression, they had it better off than we do. And one of the ways they had it better off, they knew how to grow their own food, how to can their own food, how to butcher their own food, how to live off the land. We have no clue today. They weren't dependent on anybody. Uh, but, but back then, you could also fix your own cars. Oh, yeah. You know, there was no computers in them. Now you've got to have a degree from MIT to fix a car. Well, it's not that bad, but almost. Let's be content with what we have right now. I don't, and right now, God might have blessed you with a beater. <laughs> yeah, your beater's from God. Right? He wants you to have something better than a beater. That, that's his desire for you. He wants you to have the desires for your heart, but right now he knows all you can afford is your beater. And he wants to get you to a place where you can afford better. So we have to learn to be content with what we have right now so that we can ha we, later on God can bless us what we really need. See, this is what Paul's talking about here. And it's not always easy because we get impatient. Right? We want it yesterday. My word, we go to Burger King and they take forever with our order, Karen. <laughs> She's one of the managers now. So, so I, now I can bugger about that. They take forever and we're waiting. And, I, and you want to say to them, we thought this was fast food. Yeah, we've been there when you're not there. When you're there, we get good service. But, but, but here's the thing. We went, to, we went over to um, Fergus Falls. We thought we have a change to go to Walmart over there and shop because we also wanted to go to Fleet Farm and pick up a couple of things. And so we went over to Fergus, and so we shopped over there. And then uh, we decided, okay, instead of going home and making dinner, we'll just, it's a little early, but it, it's 5 o'clock. We'll stop over at Hardy's. We got to Hardy's. And the lobby was closed because they didn't have enough workers. They only had the drive-through open. Well, we wanted to sit down and eat, so we ended up going across to Arby's. Oh my word! I'm so glad we went to Arby's. Like Harvey, Hardy's, really do. But I was glad we went to Hardy's. Arby, Arby's. And 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 I was thinking to myself the other day when I went to Burger King, they would have been smart if the manager who was just beside himself, would have just shut down the lobby and then they could have, because he was so short-handed, he could have just dealt with the drive-through. It would have been made life easier, but he was trying his darndest to make everybody happy and he was, you could see, how is he going to last until they close? Because he was so tired running. Because he only had three, besides himself, two other people. So, because people just decided they didn't want to work that night. It happens. That's, that's our economy right now. 
And so I thought, oh, maybe I should, maybe that, uh, you know, but, and, and, but you get over to Arby's over there. The owner, that owner must know how to make workers happy because he's always got all the workers that he needs. And they're always they're keeping the place clean. And they're always so happy. They're happy little workers. And we went in there. And so we tried their two new sandwiches. Oh, we, 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 Ray got one of them. I got the, the, what was that, the brisket one, the new brisket one. We cut them in half. I'll tell you what I picked, cut into, bit into my brisket one. I thought we were at the fancy restaurant that we like over in Brainerd. I mean, Baxter. That was so good. And then I bit into her salmon. That was good. But I liked my brisket just a tiny bit more. But boy, did we felt like we had a feast. It was fun trying something new. And we've always liked Arby's anyway. So Arby's, um, for that commercial, that's going to cost, no, that's free. <laughs> Another reason why we need to be content is we've brought nothing into the world, did we? How'd you come into the world? Hanging upside down and going slap, right? <laughs> you came in with nothing. You were completely naked, right? Mm. <laughs> And it's certain we'll carry nothing out. <laughs> right? So let's learn to be content with what we have. And that's why Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. Because down here you won't be able to take it with you, but up there you get to keep it all the time. You see, if you store up your treasures in heaven, when you get to your mansion in heaven, all the doors will be hung. The doorknobs will be on. The carpets will be laid. The furniture will be there if you store up your treasures up there. But if you want it all down here, well, then all your blessings are here. I don't know. What's longer, eternity or our lifetime here? Right? Paul said if you have food and clothing, be content with that. So you might not have your house yet. You might be having to live in an apartment with a cranky landlord. <laughs> Just be glad it's not Mr. Farley. <laughs> right? You might not have your house here, but you'll have your house there. Yeah. Be content. And God knows you need a house. God knows you need a car. God knows you need clothing. God knows you need food. And God knows you need your bills paid. But learn to be content. When we learn to be content, then all of a sudden these blessings start coming because you're realizing your blessings are from the Heavenly Father because you've learned to be content. See, the job you have even is from God. Well, I work hard for that paycheck. Yeah, but he made sure you got the job. He made sure that you're healthy enough to do that job, right? And be grateful if you like your job. There's people who work their job and don't like it. And they work it for 30 years. And they don't even give you a gold watch at the end. 
Hal didn't get a gold watch, he got a motorcycle. <laughs> and, and here's why we need to learn to be content in the Lord, because the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Verse 9. It doesn't mean that having money is wrong. The root, the love of money. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish, harmful lusts which drawn men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All right, I'll give you a quick little history lesson that'll make a good illustration of this. Anybody know of Colonel Sanders? Yeah, you can't. The only Colonel Sanders restaurant we have now is in Moorhead, off the highway, in 75. It's the only one in, in the whole area now. No, Fargo's is closed. It's no longer. It's the only one is in Moorhead. That's the only one you go to. Okay? So we all know Colonel Sanders. We used to have Kentucky Fried Chicken here in town. Oh, man, we used to have Taco Bell and all sorts of good stuff, but they, and Pizza Hut, they all left. So, but Colonel Sanders always wanted to be rich. Well, he, must, he made it. He owned Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, he didn't own Kentucky Fried Chicken until he got saved. You know how many times Colonel Sanders filed for bankruptcy over and over. He tried this quick rich get rich quick scheme and that quick rich scheme yeah my favorite one that he went into he was going to get into the kerosene business yeah he had everything he had wicks and lanterns and all this stuff and he had the market cornered for kerosene where he lived i'm gonna get rich off of this ha 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 and guess who invented the light bulb <laughs> Thomas Edison, nobody needed kerosene lanterns because everybody was wiring their houses up. That, that, that was his favorite story to tell. He says he got to a place where he had to empty himself and he came, came to the Lord and started praying and he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and got saved. And then he remembered his grandmother's recipe for, that his mother had made chicken from for years and decided, I'm just going to be content and open up a chicken shack at the, on the side of the road. And from that first little store, became an empire. So wealthy was he, that when Dave Thomas was working for him, he became like a father figure too. Even though Dave Thomas had a wonderful dad and mom, but he was also another father figure to him, more like a grandpa at that time. And he wanted Dave Thomas to take over Kentucky Fried Chicken. And Dave says, I've learned so much from you. I'm going to go out on my own and start Wendy's. And so he went out on his own and started Wendy's, using everything that he learned from the colonel. And Dave was a wonderful saved guy. See, what happened was, the colonel decided, I'm going to be content, and I'm going, and he was a great tither. 
and giver to a lot of world missions and a lot of things, and he never was worried about being poor again because he learned to be content in the Lord. Now, he was able to be wealthy because of that. But desiring to be rich comes with temptation and snares. And he learned that. Did you know there's no... How many people do you know that, have, that you've heard about have won the mega million dollar jackpots? You know, you've heard about them. And it's not long after they've won all that money that they're poor again. Because of all the snares and all the temptations. There was that guy who won almost a billion dollars and said he was going to tithe to a church and he made such a big deal about it on the news and never wrote the check. He lost his wife, he lost everything, and he's a miserable person today. Now it's not a sin to be rich, but you cannot allow riches to control you. Right? So this is why our conduct has been important. We've been talking about it over and over and over again through this series. Because there's a need to fight the good fight. Because look at the warning in verse 9 and 10. Look at this list here in verse 9 and 10. Those who desire to be rich fall into a temptation. They fall into a snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drawn men into destruction and perdition. Oh my word, look at that list. So you better be careful about wanting really to be rich, right? Which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many so see being rich see that's why money doesn't buy happiness <laughs> uh, you didn't hear hell he says it helps but it doesn't buy it <laughs> oh lord have mercy lord jesus come <laughs> And, and, and I said to Doris one day, she, had, she made sure, she had two nieces that she made sure married well. And I said to her one day, I said, how come you never got those boys into church here? She was the treasurer of the church all those years. Sometimes she struggled getting the bills paid, but she got them all paid. I said, why didn't you get them in church here? You made sure those girls married well. You even match made you know, she was a matchmaker, a yenta, you know, so, and uh, she says, I never thought of it. I said, your life would have been so much easier, and she looked at me with that only that look she could only give, and it was like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Because guess what, both of them both of those men are very good givers at the church that they go to. One of the pastors, the wife walked up and handed him a check for a lot of money and the pastor looked at him, can you write out another check just like it? 
and her husband did. <laughs> it was a lot. If I told you how much, I'm not going to. You would be going. They were in the middle of a building project, and they needed the finances to get it finished. And I really believe those two men had the money they have because it's not the riches that control them. Otherwise, they wouldn't write out those checks. Right? We need to fight that good fight and live for Jesus. Well, that brings me to verse 11 and 12. I'm going to, con I'm going to conclude with that. Uh, don't give me that look. <laughs> she just looked at me. Now I can get up from my nap. I can't just pick on hell. <laughs> Verse 11 and 12. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, the, on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. They didn't have this broken down with this part with the rest of it, but no, it ends here. Fight the good fight. This is what we need to pursue in verse 11. What was that again? Did you see that, Corey? I bet you saw it. What are we supposed to pursue? Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Hmm. Those are the things we need to pursue. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed. How are you confessing that good confession in the presence of many witnesses? If we're not doing it, we're not doing what we should do. If we want to really understand our contentment before the Lord, let's start, let's start confessing our faith. All the while, we fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Oh, I told you I was going to conclude. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Help us to put you first. And help us to learn to be content with everything we have. The husband and wife who are content with each other are happy husband and wife. The children who are content with the blessings their parents give them are content with their things that they have. And we who are content in our faith and the blessings we have, even if we're driving an old beater right now, we know that one day you can give us better. And so we're content. As Paul would say, when I have an old beater, and when I have a Mercedes, I am content. What a gift 
that only you can give, Lord, of contentment, which leads us living a peaceful and a happy, productive life. We thank you, Lord, for this. And we praise you in Jesus' precious name. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the blessings you have given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I never did bring up tithing. Well, I did, but... <laughs> I don't know if we're, if we're going to be done with this book next week or the following week. I thought I was going to preach all of chapter 6 in one setting, and it turned out so far two sermons out of chapter 6. So we're almost done with 1 Timothy, and then I don't know where we're going after that. The Lord does. He knows what we need. It's almost like he said, you, we all needed 1 Timothy. And so praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you joined us today, wherever you're at, we are so glad. Maybe you are sitting in your blind. Well, some people are in their blind already. Maybe you're out there baiting your deer. I never think that's fair to bait deer. Uh, you know, what's sporting in that? I got Bambi to come over here today with his eight-point rack. I saw him on my night vision um, camera, and boy, he's been eating that corn. I'll just keep beating him there, so when I go out there, I'll get Bambi. Ha, 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 ha. I've never understood if that's really sporting. But that's okay. Um, it's hard some days to... Go hunting. Because the, the deer lately have been really smart. A lot of the deer have been moving into Breckenridge during hunting season. As soon as the hunting season's over with, they go back out in the fields. <laughs> My mother-in-law has a bunch of deer that have been hanging out behind her house. So <laughs> um, yeah, and you can't shoot them inside town. So um, they're, they're not dumb creatures. They... they but, but they do need the herd to get rid of this wasting disease. The herd does need to be thinned. And so hunting is a good thing because the wolf population's back up here, but they're not hunting enough deer. And so uh, we got plenty of wolves now. They're off the endangered species list. Did you know that? Because we got enough wolves up here now. And, uh, but they're not hunting enough deer. They're hunting everything else because there's moose and, you know, all the other stuff. So, um, moose and squirrels hanging out by, anyway. But we're so glad. If you're, so if you're in your blind today, get ready to shoot a goose. Is it still pheasant hunting season? Going after them pheasants. I don't know. I, I have lost track. Um, so, uh, we're so glad that you joined us. But we would love to have you here in person. 1021 South Center Street is where New Life is located. Can't wait to see you next time.